Hello, and welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. Thanks for tuning in today. As you know, in this podcast, our goal is to witness the spectrum of human experience. Part of the human experience is knowing that someday this particular human experience is, is going to end, right? The bane of the human existence is that all must live and all must die. Oprah recently had a Super Soul Sunday episode that I watched that was really interesting. It was with Dr. B.J. Miller, who is a hospice and palliative care specialist. And he has confronted his own mortality and now works with people and families as they transition out of this life. And he was really interesting. He talked about how the mortality of life and the finality of life and the fact that it's going to end at some point is exactly what makes it so precious to us. And he also talked about that if you ask people if they would live forever if they could, most people would say no. They don't really want to live forever but they would like more time, just a little more time. Life has been compared to many things, a bowl of cherries, a box of chocolates. I've heard the analogy of a race. Lately, as I explore and try to make sense of mortality, yours, mine, the people I love, I've realized that this life we get to live is like a week at the beach. Yep, you heard me. Life is like a week at the beach. My entire family has shared a rented house at the beach for seven entire days, 15 out of the last 20 summers. This tradition began in the year 2000. There were babies here and babies on the way. We were in the middle of everything. My parents had five kids, and with all the offspring and partners, we quickly grew to a group of almost 20 people then. And when we go later this year, with four of the newest generation, we will number almost 25. So we secure a house big enough for all of us, and it must be oceanfront with our own pool and a view. And the house is loud and obnoxious and crowded. Everyone is in your business from the moment you shuffle downstairs trying to find some hot coffee or tea. There's no privacy, and everything is fair game. The case of Diet Pepsi you bought and hid in the downstairs fridge with a giant Do Not Touch sticky on it, so it would be nice and cold when you got your 3 p.m. craving, Yeah, that will be gone by day two, the entire case. And yet, this week at the beach is the best thing we've done as a family. The first 10 years or so, we were at the Delaware shoreline. But once we outgrew those houses, we trekked to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Most of us are a bit grumpy when we first arrive on Saturday as we hobble and limp out of the car after the long drive from our homes in upstate New York. But once the bedrooms are assigned, the suitcases dragged in, and groceries put away, the mood begins to lighten as we explore this year's house. There is usually a movie room, a pool table, sometimes a pool house. One year, the house had an intercom system, discovered by my 10-year-old nieces, who, rather than the usual running and screaming through the house that kids partake in, they commandeered the intercom system and cracked themselves up repeatedly with their loud, amplified banter. It was awesome. By 10 o'clock that night, my brother was trying to cut the wire that would shut down the speaker system. Some of us look for the corners and cubbies where we can hide when we need a timeout from the group, or a hidden seat to curl up with a good book when we're too sunburned to go outside. The excitement of having the whole week in front of us is palpable. The opportunities are endless. Will I go to the beach tomorrow? What time will I wake up? Perhaps a pool day instead. Me personally, I'm a diehard beach person and love to get there early and stay late. Others 
hit the beach for a time, but then migrate to the pool in the afternoon, where the bottom is steady and easier for the little ones and the older ones to swim and play. We make a list of all the things we want to do that week. We must get as much fresh seafood as possible, visit the quaint seaside town and its old-time ice cream parlor, a few runs on the beach at sunrise, putt-putt golf at the monstrous compound with the fire-breathing dragons, a visit to the Wright Brothers Museum, the state park with the mountainous sand dunes that you can slide down, the boardwalk. There's so much to do. Oh, and we have to have at least one beach fire with s'mores and kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. This all has to be fit in with as much beach time and pool time as physically possible. But you've got a whole week. You're confident you'll get it all in. Cocky almost. By Monday, you've settled in and your shoulders have lowered an inch or two. You've been to the beach and the pool and your pasty northeastern skin is bronzing. Well, mostly freckled with a reddish hue, but it's something. You've even signed up to cook dinner early in the week to get your turn over with. There's been a little tension here and there, but mostly minor stuff, like who left their wet bathing suit on the pool deck or who tracked in all the sand. Nothing too dramatic. On Wednesday, you're in the same pair of shorts and t-shirt that you've been in all week so far and realize that you probably won't wear 75% of what is in your suitcase. You also start to think that you might not get to the putt-putt place with the dragons, but that's okay because you are so content where you are at, you don't mind. You don't want to leave the house at all if you can help it. You've even become used to your brother farting at the dinner table and your nephews hawking up a loogie and spitting on the ground right on the main sidewalk. And you thought it was a fun night in when your brother-in-law sang Billy Joel and the Rolling Stones for what seemed like an hour straight at the top of his lungs. This is our happy place. As adult siblings of an interconnected family who loves one another, there aren't too many opportunities to share the getting ready for bed hour when the kids are fighting putting their PJs on and brushing their teeth, but eventually relent and pass out, while the adults sit around and watch Lord of the Rings or America's Funniest Videos and talk about nothing in particular until they pass out, saying goodnight like the Waltons did. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, Elizabeth. On the other side of that is my second favorite time. Waking up and sharing breakfast while we're still rubbing the sleep out of our eyes, quietly trying to rustle up the day with a four-year-old or an 11-year-old on my lap or at my side is not something I ever get to do, except at the beach. Despite all the dreaminess and romance of a beach vacation, we are an opinionated, lively bunch, and our years have not been without challenges. We've weathered surly teenagers, absent husbands, and the changing landscape of our family portrait. We spent a night in a corner of the high school gym while a hurricane blasted through. We've had fights and hurt feelings, illness and lifeguard rescues. And one year we carried a trunk full of oxygen tanks for my miracle niece who was born prematurely and needed it to breathe. We've shed tears among the laughter and survived heartbreak throughout the years. But we did it together and always made our way through to joy again. Like that year in July, we celebrated my parents' 50th anniversary with a surprise catered dinner as they slow danced to Could I Have This Dance for the Rest of My Life? While we all watched, sniffling into balled-up Kleenex, longing for a love like theirs, one that lasts decades. Could I have this dance for the rest of my life? Would you be my partner? 
Every night when we're together, it feels so right. Could I have this dance for the rest of my life? And then, holy shit, you wake up and it's Thursday. You look around and wonder how this happened. You realize that you only have two more days, two more sleeps before you have to pack up and leave Saturday morning. A low-level panic settles in your belly, and you begin to dread what's coming. You start to imagine leaving this place and all your people behind, and sadness breaks at the thought of going home without them. You reckon with the fact that you won't get everything on your list done. It just isn't possible. So you start to prioritize and figure out your deal breakers. What can you take off the list and still be satisfied with your week? Still feel that you gave it your best shot? The traditional Thursday night talent show is the perfect antidote to these thoughts, with lip syncing, air bands rocking out to Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, and ending with Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Friday is the last full day, and to be honest, it is my least favorite of all the days. The mood changes as some begin discussions and negotiations of hitting the road early to avoid traffic or to get home a little earlier and get ready to return to work or school. Selfishly, I want everyone to stay until the last possible minute and plead with them to not go, not yet, wait for the morning. Let's have one more day together, one more dinner, get up and see the sunrise from the lifeguard chair, just one more time. Nobody is allowed to leave before the mandatory beach picture of the whole group. We set a time and all agree to meet at our beach tent, some more reluctantly than others, but everyone eventually shows up. We do not flag someone down to snap the pic until everyone has arrived. We learned early on how awkward it can become when complete strangers are standing there and fake smiling as you yell and ask, Where's Aaron? Where's Hayes? Let's get an order of age. No, that's stupid. Let's organize by family. That's stupid. I'm not stupid. You're stupid. So we wait until we are really ready before we flag down that year stranger to take pics of this ragtag bunch with five different cell phones. But we do it, and we have them all, one from every year. Saturday is all business, and for some, starts as early as 4 or 5 in the morning. Loading the car is the job at hand, and doing multiple walkthroughs two, three, four times to make sure a cell phone charger, a tablet, a wallet, a Tickle Me Elmo, or a nine with the silk trim doesn't get left behind. The week may not have ended up like you imagined at the start. You didn't quite get to everything you thought you would. Things happened you didn't expect or want, but you got a week. A whole seven days at the beach with this amazing and unpredictable, crazy group of people that you love with all your might. And you realize it is enough. That's what it was all about in the first place. Not where you were or what you accomplished or avoided. It wasn't about the drama, good or bad. It was you. It was them. You had each other, bound together, connected in this place for this time. It was never meant to be forever, but it was magical nonetheless. The house that held everyone I love most in this world is now empty. I'm the last to leave. It's always been like this. It's my self-assigned job to make the rounds, inspect, and make sure the garbage cans are empty, the used towels and bed sheets are in a crumpled heap on the bathroom floor, the dishwasher is running for the umpteenth time. It's probably not the best job for someone like me, but I insist on doing it.
We knew when we signed up for this week at the beach that, according to the contract, we need to leave by 10 a.m. Saturday morning. And yet it's still hard to accept. Chairs are pushed in around the dining room table, neat at last. Ghosts of conversations, of water fights at the pool, and complaints about leftovers for dinner bounce around the empty rooms. Whispers of secrets shared linger long after the last dish is put away. Our trash is at the curb, while gulls feast on our scattered, unused bread, remnants of our meals. In the blink of an eye, the week is spent. The house, once full of salt and light, is now a ghost of our sun-drenched days. But the memories etched in sand are packed and travel with us, alongside the faith, hope, and love that will remain long past our week together at the beach. The ocean waves goodbye, as everyone I love most in this world lines up a procession of cars leaving town in the rain. Life is like a week at the beach. I hope that resonated with you. For your family, maybe it, and for your life, maybe it wasn't a beach vacation. Maybe you go to the beach with a house full of your best friends and the family that you've picked in this lifetime. Maybe you don't go to the beach at all. Maybe you go to a cabin in the woods. Maybe you just hang out at your mom's house every Sunday for Sunday dinner. Maybe it's a different tradition. Whatever it is, I think you can make the connection to your own analogy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You can visit kellybargabas.com slash podcast to listen to past episodes. You can also find them on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you joining me on this journey. Until we meet again, take care.